Hey, welcome to Tangible Takeaways, episode 38. I'm Jackson, and today we're going to talk about how Jesus makes our role so simple because the Holy Spirit does most of the heavy lifting. And my name is Tim, and we're going to talk about how the presence of God is even there in a dark place such as Ukraine. All that and more on this episode of Tangible Takeaways. Tim, thanks for being on. My pleasure. It's always a great time to be here. Yeah, good to have you back. And as we've been kind of rolling through this What Matters Most series, what I'd like to start with is just, I want to talk more just about the whole conversation that Jesus is having. Why do you feel like this has been, um, like maybe what have you gotten out of this series so far? Just what's been kind of standing out to you about this conversation between Jesus and the 11? Guys? Yeah, well, one of the things I love about this whole series that we're going through is Jesus is basically saying, hey, I've been with you this whole entire time. Now let me explain to you not only what's to come, but my true purpose that's here. Mm. And I love it because the disciples are so uncomfortable. You can see it throughout the entire text that they're confused like, wait, you're going? Wait, you're sending someone else? Like you're here, you're the person that's supposed to be here. And I love that he's just basically shaking the foundations and basically in a way saying, this is why people hate me because they can't accept the fact that this is what the truth is. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and I feel like such a significant conversation because he, the disciples have the great privilege of what none of us in this day and age have had. Yeah. That they got to walk with Jesus. See him face to face. And he's prepping them for life without him, which is what all of us have been living yeah. without him here physically. And so I, I appreciate the conversation because he's preparing them for a reality that we're experiencing now. Yeah. And I, and I do think you know, as you see him kind of prepare them for it, you can see a lot of parallels to where we're at right now Mm -hmm. and the similar kind of things that we need to hear and we need to be reminded of, um, or maybe even learn anew, um, and the things that they need to be prepared for, you know, like those things, they run kind of parallel to each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what stood out to you from this passage in particular, we kind of get through the John 15, abide in me. And then the middle of John 15 is the world's not going to like you because they didn't like me. Yeah. But then we get into kind of almost this kind of role description between the Holy Spirit, between believers. What'd you get out of the passage? Yeah. Well, I love this passage in particular because it illustrates just how important and how great the Holy Spirit is because you have these disciples there who have the son of God sitting right there. They have God in the flesh in front of them. And Jesus basically saying, like, I'm not the best thing for you guys. The Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit's the best thing for you guys. And he's going to come and he's going to indwell you. And he's going to go everywhere that you go. And if I recall, he even describes, like, I can't be in two places at once. Mm -hmm. I can't be in five places at once. But with the Holy Spirit coming into your heart, I'm going to be with you everywhere you go. Yeah. And just such a... Even thinking back to the previous passage of him saying, hey, the world's going to hate you. And then saying, but hey, guess what? I'm going to be with you everywhere you go in your prison cells, in your, you know, lashings and all the stuff that's going to be happening to you. I will still be there. God will still be there with you, even Mm. in that situation. And I even think of the world that we live in today with so much hurt, so much just war and craziness going on right now. It's easy to forget that God is there even in that place. I think of missionaries even in Ukraine and everywhere they might feel alone, they might feel mm. isolated, but what a hope that that passage brings saying, no, I'm with you even in this situation as yeah. well. And Jesus is kind of like, I, I love this whole conversation because this whole conversation, I feel like Jesus 
is kind of, he's been talking a lot about the Father throughout mm-hmm. the entire gospel. But then once we get to this upper room conversation and beyond, Jesus just kind of becomes a hype man for the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Like he just wants you to know like how awesome the Spirit is and how powerful and how great this is going to be for believers um, to have God's own presence indwell them. Yeah. And Jesus almost just becomes, you know, you could imagine like you're waiting for the Holy Spirit to make his entrance onto the stage. And Jesus is like, everybody get ready for the, the rootiness, the tootiness. Yeah. yeah, he's like, he's getting them excited for it. And, and as he's doing that, I think he helps us elevate our perspective of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Because even preparing for this this weekend, I was teaching for online and out at Hesperia. I was just reflecting on what a low view we have of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And how sometimes, I think if we have a low view of the Holy Spirit, the fact that he's always with us really means diddly squat. Diddly squat, yeah. If, if he's not all powerful, if he's not God and God's presence actually in us, mm-hmm. um, then it it's not really that compelling of an idea, you yeah. know, it's like, oh, you know, it's almost kind of like my thoughts are with you. Yeah. Like if, you know, if you were going through a hard time and I was like, well, Tim, my thoughts are with you. You'd be like, cool. Like yeah. that doesn't mean anything, but Jesus isn't like my thoughts are with you. It's like, no, I'm my, my presence, presence is, is with going you. to be me. With my, you. I myself will be with you everywhere that you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole different ball game. Yeah. Yeah. And so I love that Jesus is kind of elevating our perspective there to see this as, as a more exciting momentous, right? That it's better for you that I go. Yeah. And I, I love that because I think often we would think, oh, I'd kind of rather have you here. Yeah. I'd rather Jesus. have you telling me exactly what's going to happen instead of having to look into my own soul where the spirit resides, but also my flesh resides as well. And like Paul even says, the two are constantly at war with each other, the flesh and the spirit. And it'd be so nice to just have Jesus sitting right there. It's like, okay, God, what do I do? Yeah. But what he's saying is like, no, that's still good for you because it's getting into your soul and there's going to be that sanctification process and that transformation that happens right then and there. Yeah. Yeah. Because Jesus is in front of you but the physical person can't reach into your heart and begin to shape it and mold it. Only the spirit can do that. Yeah. And in so many ways, I think we're, we're, it's interesting too. You see Jesus as he's interacting with large crowds of people all throughout the gospel Mm -hmm. and very few of them put their faith in him. Yeah. And then when the disciples start preaching the gospel, with the spirit empowering them, it's like night and day difference. Exactly. The spirit, as we see in this passage is doing two things. He's working in the people who are hearing and he's working in the people who are speaking. Yeah. And in many ways we see the spirit working in Jesus in and through him Mm -hmm. and people putting their faith in that. But in a lot of ways, we don't see the spirit working in the crowds. Yeah. But then once we get into Acts, we see the spirit working in the crowds. You get and all to of a sudden, see that movement. People are putting their faith in Jesus like yeah. crazy. So why do you think it's important? Jesus kind of, he's almost given out job descriptions in this passage. Why do you think it's important for the disciples, right? He's trying to prep them. Why do you think it's important that they know what the Spirit's going to do for the world? He says that the world is going to be convicted to be wrong about sin and judgment and righteousness. Why do you think to Jesus it's important that they know that the Spirit's going to do that? Yeah, one of the things I appreciated that you mentioned in your sermon is the distinct role of the Spirit. Because in our society today, you think of the Pentecostal movement, you think of all these things, the Spirit almost is like an empowerment to yourself. Like you get these spiritual gifts, you get all these cool things that you can do. And it's like, sweet, look what 
I can do in the power of the Spirit. Look what, you know, this can happen. But what we fail to realize is the true role of the Spirit, which is what you just mentioned, which is to convict the world of sin and to preach the gospel. Mm. And if we have that perspective of the Spirit, aside from this, the spiritual gifts are there. Yeah. I'm not going to deny that. Like, they're there, they're present, but that's not the main thing. And we have to remember that those spiritual gifts have a specific purpose. That specific purpose for those spiritual gifts is to do just what we talked about, to convict the world, to preach the gospel, to bring Jesus to the masses. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's super true. And I, and I think that it's important for them to kind of understand what's not in their lane too. Mm -hmm. And I, when I think about us today, I mean, so important for yeah. us to know like what's in our lane and what's not what's in our, our lane. What's our role as believers indwelled by the spirit? What is our responsibility? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's super true because it, it, I think we get that all jumbled up and we can really become very anxious mm -hmm. or frustrated Christians when we feel like it's our job to convict the world of sin. Yeah. And I think that's what, honestly, Tim, as I was reflecting on this passage, I was beginning to think through people who might have some people in their oikos who are in some pretty like public patterns of sin. Yeah. And they might think their primary job as a Christian is I need to make sure that that person knows that they're wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the way Christians feel about anybody's Anything sin. Anything and anybody, yeah. That they need to make sure that people know that they're wrong. Mm -hmm. But that seems really clear in this passage to be the Spirit's job. Yeah, that they would it's know not that their wrong. job. Yeah, one thing I always have a conversation about with people is the difference of calling out a non-Christian and a Christian. Yeah. So for the non-believer, you know, they're stuck in their sin. They've got this going on, this going on. I'm going to love on them and I'm going to show the love of Jesus and I'm not going to condemn their sin because like you said, that's not my role. Mm. That's the spirit's role. That's Jesus's role. And now I'm trying go, to offer them hope. Exactly. You're trying to show them like, hey, here's this freedom that you can get. And if you're saying like, hey, dude, if you're starting to hate on them and throw all the shade at them, they're going to be like, what? I'm not going to follow this Jesus because you're just a hater. And if you're a yeah. hater, then he's obviously got to be a hater. Now go to the opposite side of the non-believer or the believer yeah. who's stuck in their sin. Then it is our responsibility, as scripture says, to, hey, you need to knock it off and yeah. you need to shape up. And that's also the spirit empowering us to do that and telling us this is what we need to do as well. But it's the spirit's job to convict the unbeliever. And then it's our job to confront the believer and say, hey, you need to knock it off in a very loving way. I totally. might add. Yeah, yes. because so many people take it in the totally wrong direction. Yeah, we don't have license to be a jerk to yeah, fellow believers. Nobody likes a hater. Yeah. That's what I like to say. Yeah, and it's so it's so helpful, I think, because there's a lot of people with people who sit on their front row and they don't even know I think they don't want to witness about Jesus. They don't want to testify about Jesus yeah. because they feel like they have to say hey, the way that you treat this person or the way that you are addicted to this thing or the way that you do this or whatever, they feel like they have to start with where they're wrong. Mm -hmm. But Jesus says that's where the Spirit's starting. Yeah. And so, man, if I think about the people who sit on my front row and I get to start with how good Jesus has been to me, all the hope that I have in him, the confidence I have in him, the mm -hmm. joy I find in him day after day, I am offering them a picture into what they so desperately need that exactly. I'm experiencing in my own life. Yeah. And that is so much more, that's the whole nature of the Oikos principle. Yeah. And that's why I love it so much. It's so <clears throat> organic. Mm -hmm. I am just telling people I love about how good Jesus has been to me. Mm -hmm. And as I do that, they will come to put their faith in him because they're going to reach the end of themselves. They're going to reach the end of their rope yeah. where they need hope, yeah. they need confidence, they need joy. And they're going to be like, you know what? 
Tim just keeps talking about how he's found all of that in yeah. Jesus. And even that joy factor, and that's where we're going to be talking about this weekend too, that joy needs to be present because if there's no joy in the believer, if you don't have the joy of the Lord there, then it's not going to be appealing to the unbeliever. And I'm not talking about prosperity gospel, anything like that. I'm talking about the eternal joy of the Lord that comes from salvation and comes from the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, that peaceful joy. The peaceful joy, the peace of God joy. which transcends all understanding. Yeah, 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 no, it's so good. And so we get that job description of the Spirit. He's gonna take care of convicting the world of sin. Mm -hmm. It's not our job, it's not our job to do on Facebook, it's not our job to do through our areas of influence with people's lives, that's the Spirit's job. Yeah. And then he gets to our job and he kind of points out two big things. He points out leading, that the Spirit's gonna lead believers into all truth. And then the Spirit's going to bring about the glory of Jesus. And as I'm thinking through the lens of tangible takeaways, mm -hmm. what are maybe just some practical ways that we can stay in our lane, being led into all truth and bringing glory to Jesus' name? Yeah, I think ultimately, first and foremost, it's what I tell every believer, stay in the Word. Because mm -hmm. the Word is that constant reminder for us, that constant voice of God in our lives, in a society where it's just so many voices speaking into our lives to remind us again of our role, aside from differentiating the Spirit's role and our role. The Word of God's gonna do that. Yeah. Also prayer as well. Prayer is a good way mm -hmm. to do it, centering yourself on God's voice, on who He is and thanking Him. Again, that thanksgiving, that joy that's there. Yeah, no, that's really good. And even when I think about, you know, one of the things I was thinking about, it was actually interesting because sometimes this happens to me when I'm preaching. I was thinking about it after my message. Yeah. Like I was thinking through my message a little bit more. And as I was thinking about it after, this concept of being led into all truth, I think we can think of that as being like truth warriors, mm -hmm. right? Like, yeah, this is what's true. And I'm going to like, I'll die for what's true, you know, and like yeah. through that lens. And absolutely, there are a few things. I will say the list is incredibly short of yeah. things that we should die for in our faith. And then there is a long list of things that are not worth dying for yeah. in our faith. And they're very nuanced. But when I think of, through this lens of truth, I think part of it is actually being led into all truth. That's being a people who are convicted constantly. Yeah. Because when I think about the Spirit leading me into truth, the Spirit isn't leading me into truth that I'm beating over other people's heads. The Spirit's leading me into truth that's like, oh man, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, it's that I reminder. Been... It's that refreshing of the spiritual aspect of it. I think of Ephesians. I was just talking about um, this with one of my band members, Ephesians 6. We do not fight against the powers of flesh and blood and of this world, yeah. but of the spiritual realm. And it's that reminder again of remembering, oh, yeah, we don't, we live in a completely different reality than yeah. we even realize. Yeah, or realizing like, okay, man, that thing did get a little out of balance in my life. Like yeah. that, that's been veering towards an idol yeah, in my life. Exactly. I need to change that. Or, mm -hmm. oh man, I've been getting way too passionate about this political thing. Or yeah. I've been getting way too invested in this reality TV show. Yeah. Or And some of them are harmless and some of them are like, oh man, there's that addiction again in my life. It's popping back up. I need to deal with that again. Yeah. And whatever it is, or maybe I'm pulling back from community or whatever it is. I, I think being led into all truth means being a people who are repentant mm -hmm. all the time. And then what I think is interesting about that, Tim, this is kind of what I was reflecting on, is being led into all truth and becoming increasingly repentant in our life. Mm -hmm. I think that actually leads to the glorification of Jesus all the more. Yeah. Because the more repentant you are in your life, which can I just say categorically, there is far more to repent of 
as you become a believer and as you get to understand God more and more, yeah. the more you realize, the more you need to repent. Exactly. The more you realize the things that you need to fix in And your we shouldn't life. be avoiding repentance. <clears throat> no. Like, oh, I don't want to, like, repentance is like, it's almost like a liturgy in our life. Like, it's, it's the a, sanctification process is what it is. Yeah. It's part of that. It be- re-centers us on what's true and what's right and yeah. how merciful God is. It reminds us of that again and again. And so I think, man, if you're having a hard time being a person who just wants to judge the world and convict the world of sin, and that's where you kind of want to live, then, I mean, when was the last time you repented? Where you're going to miss out on so much in your own spiritual walk. Yeah, Yeah. because being led into all truth, that humbles us Mm -hmm. because we are continually repenting. And as we continually repent, all we can talk about is how good Jesus is, Yeah. right? How sweet he's been to us, how merciful and kind and gracious and empowering he's been to us because we are but weary sinners. Yeah. And we understand ourselves to be that way. Yeah. It's when we don't repent that we get all puffed up the and puffed proud. Up, yep. And then we don't need to glorify Jesus. We need to glorify ourselves because we're awesome. We're killing yeah, it. Yeah, we're we, number one, right? We haven't repented in 20 years. We're yeah. doing fine. You know, and I like, think there's a reason why Jesus even said, like, before you address the sin in a brother's life, make sure you examine the sin in your own life. That's yeah. paraphrasing it. But yeah. that exact thing, because if you fail to recognize the stuff that's going on in your life and focus so much on that, then, like you said, that idolatry of self begins to puff up, puff up, puff up, yeah. which then leads to so many other sins. Yeah, no, it's so good. Mm-hmm. So I, I think some practical things, like you said, obviously maintaining those daily rhythms with God to yeah. be continually led into all truth, but then allowing time in scripture, time in prayer to lead us back to repentance. Yeah. I think that makes us a humble people. Yeah. And humble people are willing and ready to glorify the name of exactly. Jesus. Exactly. And then it's so much easier to stay in our lane Yep. because I don't feel proud enough. I don't feel empowered enough to be like, oh, the world's all jacked up because honestly, I'm so jacked up. I've been repenting all this whole time. Like yeah. there's so many things I'm repenting for. I'm so jacked up. I can't even begin to speak to the way that things are in the world. I got to let the spirit do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to continue to tell my oikos, the people that I do life with, how good Jesus has been to me, how exactly. he continues to forgive me. And man, what a what a testimony, yeah. you know? And like we said this weekend, you're always testifying about something. And I think if we were to look at our own lives. And look at our feeds, look at our Facebook, Instagram, what are we testifying about? Yeah, and mm-hmm. we might be embarrassed to find what we're testifying about. Oh, 100%, probably all of us would think the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think, man, worthy this week of thinking through, what am I testifying about? What do I talk about most? What is most pressing to me? And then how can I get back to, like you said, some daily rhythms Mm -hmm. and daily rhythms that lead me to repentance and humility. That lead you to the foot of the cross every day. So I can make great the name of Jesus in my life this week. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Thanks for the conversation, Tim. My pleasure. Always, always fun to be a part of it. Yeah. And hopefully you got a tangible takeaway out of that. As always, we'd love to know your thoughts on the message there in the comments and uh, just some maybe things that you're pulling out of it for this week. Uh, And don't forget to uh, give us a like, maybe share this video with a friend uh, who maybe you've been judgmental towards. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we all all have some friends that we could send. And don't forget to subscribe. You'll get notifications of all future videos coming out. Uh, We love you guys so much and we'll catch you next week on Tangible Takeaways.